breakdown, or at least a bite-sized breakdown here today. And uh, you know, just to start off this episode, I have to I have to break it to you, man. This is going to be another episode about God of War 2018. Sort of. I mean, I'm going to use it as as kind of a jumping off point. Um, honestly, there was one thing that kind of stuck out to me, stuck out to me, stuck, stuck out to me, stuck out to me um, when I was playing the game. That, I mean, honestly, it was it was kind of a negative experience. I thought I just kind of rolled my eyes at it, but and and then we just kind of passed it over. And I was planning on mentioning it in uh, one of our episodes that we had on it, but uh, as you know, it went on pretty long and so I didn't want to to kind of rabbit trail and bring this up. So here I am with a bite-sized episode where I wanted to kind of give some thoughts and um hopefully this isn't too cheesy. Hopefully this isn't, you know, like a um really lame Jesus juke. Um, but it's kind of where my brain went as I was playing the game and as I kind of thought through some of the themes and some of the things that happen. Um so I want to describe for you something that happens about halfway into the game. Um, so if you're, if you want absolutely no spoilers for this game, well, I'm sorry. Uh, this is going to be predicated. This conversation today is going to be predicated on something that happens. And so I have to kind of explain that. So, um, here we go. Spoiler warning. Um, spoilers as, as Nate likes to say, um, so about halfway into the game, uh, the, you know, the main characters, there's Kratos and there's his son, Atreus. And Kratos has, has kept Atreus's legacy from him his entire life, which is kind of funny because he, he, he actually <laughs> kind of keeps that from him even to the end of the game that he was one of the giants. But anyways, uh, that's not a big deal. That's neither here nor there for, for today's conversation. So about halfway into the game, Atreus falls ill. And the way that the game explains it is that he is having a reaction in his body to the fact that he is half of a you know, he, basically, he's a demigod, right? Um, his dad, Kratos, is a is a member of the Greek pantheon, right? Greek, Roman, I can't remember. Anyways, he's, he is a god, a little g-god. And so Atreus is as well, but he doesn't think he is. And because of that, he falls sick and he is unable to, you know, continue in his tasks and you have to go heal him um, by telling him the truth. And honestly, to me, it felt like very clunky writing because it kind of comes out of nowhere because Atreus's entire life, he didn't know that about himself. And only now does it become a problem when you're in the middle of this quest. So it, I, I, feel, I feel like it was kind of a swing and a miss in terms of, and, and, and it just didn't, it didn't feel right to me as I was playing through the game. You know, it's just like, okay, this is just, this is just bad writing, basically. But the more that I thought about it, the more I had to acknowledge the um, inherent the, our, our our humanness encapsulates a number of different um, areas about ourselves. I'm, I'm not explaining myself correctly, but we have these different dimensions to being human, right? I mean, we have our emotions, we have our intellect, we have the spiritual side of us, and things like that. And um, I, I think there is a part of me that wants to divorce what we think and what we believe from 
basically from our bodies, you know, that, that, that why would this have affected him physically? Right. Is my, is my, is kind of how I felt playing through the game. It's like, okay, so you didn't know something about yourself and like, why would that make you this sick all of a sudden out of nowhere? Like that's, that's kind of dumb. Like it feels like poor writing to me. But as I thought about it more, um, I do think that there's something here that we see about us as just being human, that we are, as humans, we are integrated beings. We have these different um, parts of ourselves, and they do interact with each other. Um, our, our physicality is not merely physical. It is affected by our emotional state. It is affected by the things that we believe as well. Maybe not uh, in the ways that the game kind of portrays it, um, but this is kind of where my brain went as I was thinking about this part of the game and part of the narrative that I found to be pretty clunky and, and you know, not done very well. Um, so, like I said, I hope this isn't like lame Jesus juking or whatever, but I did want to bring out a couple verses of scripture that talk about this in from, from different perspectives. So, this first perspective comes from the fact that we are sinful, right? We, as, as Christians, we know that we are sinful and uh, how we actually do. There, there is something about us when we live in sin and we conceal our sin and we don't acknowledge our sin, whether that, that's to ourselves, right? We don't want to see our own sin. Um, that's sin in and of itself. But then also how we don't want to confess that sin and the freedom that the scripture teaches us, right? That God himself has revealed that freedom that we get from confessing our sins and finding forgiveness in God and, and how that does actually have a physical component to it. So there, there are a handful of verses I just wanted to, to bring up here. The first one is Proverbs 28 verses 13, verse 13. It says, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. So this is talking about, you know, the relationship of repentance and forgiveness, right? We get mercy from God when we uh, confess our sin and when we repent. But then the flip side of that is that it says here that whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, right? It's not just um, emotional. It's not just intellectual when we don't, when we hide our sins. There are actual real world consequences when we do that. God says that we will not prosper. Now, is it a leap to say that we reap those benefits in our body? Maybe, but here it does say, and you know, there are going to be effects of that in our life, like tangible effects, not just metaphysical effects, but God is saying here that you will not prosper um, if you hide your transgressions. The next verse is out of 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this verse is, is very similar, and it's talking about the goodness of God, how he actually gives us forgiveness. But I, I just think it's, it's striking imagery here where it says that God will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you see it just just the effect of that, you know, the, a cleaning, a washing, a being made new by God when we— when we, you know, acknowledge our sin, that we are sinful, and we confess that and we repent before God. 
And then the last verse um, on this topic that I wanted to share is out of James uh, chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And this one, it, it even, you know, goes a little bit further. It's not just confession to God, but it's also talking about confessing our sins one to another and talking about praying for each other as well. And here God says that we would be healed out of that confession. And so again, when I'm, when I'm looking at, you know, this video game and, and thinking that, oh, this is pretty clunky writing, um, th there's a part of me that doesn't want to acknowledge the fact that I think is, is borne out in Scripture that we aren't just intellectual beings. The, the, the thoughts that we have actually do matter to the way that we live our lives, and they can uh, lead us down paths of that, that are uh, painful, that hurt us, right? That, um, you know, that we will not prosper. And in, in this verse, that's, this is the flip side of that, that if you do confess your sins one to another, you pray for each other, you will be healed, right? Confession and repentance can bring healing. And again, that's just a powerful image that, that we can see what God does. You know, there, there's part of me that just wants to say, oh, yeah, intellectual healing, emotional healing. But like, no, this, this is actually talking about healing as well. That There's great power in the prayer of a righteous person. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. You, you see the grace of God through that. Uh, so that's one aspect, I think, that we see of uh, hiding our sin and confession and repentance. But I think also what stands out to me, and, and I think this actually strikes a bit closer to um, the image that we get, the, the, this idea that we get in the game God of War, um, how what we think and what we believe is actually uh, born out in our bodies as well, and it affects us um, in many different ways. And I think Paul talks about that in the book of Romans in the first chapter. And this is a big chunk of scripture that I'm going to read here. But starting in verse 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who in their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And this, the reason this came to, to mind is because this is kind of what Atreus is doing in the game. I mean, he doesn't know, so I guess there's not really a suppression there. But he doesn't, uh, he doesn't know something about himself, and he uh, is affected by that, right? He is harmed because of that. The person who's suppressing the truth actually is Kratos, and it's affecting his son because of that. Uh, but let's see what the scripture has to say. Continuing in verse 19, it says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. So just a couple things to bring out here is that it, this is talking about our intellect, right? This is about what we think. It's obvious to us, to everyone, that God exists. God reveals himself, uh, the general revelation, through what has been made. The heavens declare the glory of God. 
we know that God exists, but we suppress that truth in unrighteousness. And it says that we become futile in our thinking because of that. And because of the futility of our thinking, our hearts, the core of who we are, our being, right? So this is going, moving beyond pure intellectual pursuits, but also to the core of who we are. Our hearts are darkened, right? And though we want to be wise, we become fools because we are denying the ultimate fact that God exists. And instead, we create gods in our own image or the image of the things that have been created. So let's continue on uh, Romans 1, uh, verse 24. It says, Therefore God gave them up to the lusts of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So here is one step further right? It's talking about our, our intellect that we deny, we suppress the truth intellectually, and our hearts are darkened. And out of this darkened heart, God gives us over to impurity and the dishonoring of our bodies. So here's a clear delineation, a clear line from what we believe to the core of who we are and then how we act. And then on top of that, the um, condemnation that we heap upon ourselves because of the way that we act. And this is what we get. Um, the, the consequence of this sin, of this lust, is shown even in our bodies. So the way that we think really does affect the way that we live and the way that it, it manifests itself in our bodies. When Proverbs says that when we deny our transgressions, we will not prosper, here, God is making that evident that we will, we will not prosper. Like we are actually uh, manifesting something in our bodies, in the way that we live, um, sin <laughs> and uh, the consequence of sin, which is death. And uh, Paul makes it even more explicit. God makes it more explicit as we continue in verse 26. It says, For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And men likewise gave up their natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Right? They're actually receiving something in their bodies. Starting with what they believed, the suppression of that knowledge, now sin is consuming their very bodies, and they're going against their very nature. Continuing on, it says, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Right, so you see this descent into madness, starting with the intellect, going to the heart, working its way out into the actions, reaping the consequences in the body, and then finally also talking about how that affects others around them, how they encourage evil in other people as well. So I might have strayed a bit from the original <laughs> um, starting point in, in God of War, um, but it did. It did caused me to stop and think 
because we get this picture. And again, I do think it's clunky. I don't think it's written very well in the game, the way that um, Atreus's uh, intellect, what he believes about himself and how it creates the sickness in his body. Yeah, it just kind of feels like it came out of nowhere. But that said, it does also mirror something that is very true, that we as fallen human beings, as sinful people, we are, our, our natural inclination to sin leads us to think wrongly about God, to suppress the truth that we all know. And eventually we reap that in our bodies because of the sin that consumes us, that we willingly take part in, and then the consequence for that. So I know, by and large, um, our, if you're listening to this, you're probably already a Christian. You know, I'm, I'm sure our, our podcast doesn't get that much reach outside of Christian circles. Um, but I do, I would be remiss in, in saying, in not just saying, if you want to know more about this, because, I mean, I'm kind of laying out the problem with humanity, right, that we all face. Um, I do just want to say there is salvation in Jesus. He invites you and commands you to repent of your sin, to turn away from your sin, to turn to him for forgiveness, and you will find him to be a good and loving savior. He will save you from your sins. He will cleanse you like the scripture says. Um, and if you do want to talk about that more, hey, I am always open. My DMs are always open. Reach out to me, reach out to Nate. We'd love to talk to you more about that if that's something that you're interested in. Um, I hope this was encouraging. I hope this made a little bit of sense and uh, sorry for talking about God of War once again. So till next time, loggers. Keep beating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. No, no, that's not true. That, that's impossible. This is such an incredible moment. A memory that will bring joy to the hearts of millions of people for generations. Wait, wait, what? The sort of thing they talk about on the Retro Station podcast. The stories, movies, music, moments that brought us together as a people. That we enjoyed with friends. 
You laugh about this with your friends? My life has been a lie. Exactly. This is wonderful. You're crazy. No, everyone agrees this is a truly classic moment. Wait, wait a minute. Did you kill mom then? I'd I'd rather not talk about that. Oh, I I bet they talk about that on the retro station, huh? What a classic moment that was when mom died. Actually, most people thought that was a bit of a letdown. They made memes making fun of it. They, They made memes of mom? The Retro Station Podcast. Celebrating all those things that made us nerds.